Before we dive into this episode, I want you to think about what it would feel like to have your dream clients begging to work with you. Your DMs are flooding with inquiries, emails are pouring in, and your past clients are sending over all of their friends to work with you. Trust me, babe, you've been putting in the work, investing in your education, and reaching new levels in your self-development and skills. I see you. But do your dream clients actually see you online? I have a handful of intuitive content coaching calls available and would love the opportunity to help you shine online. Check out kianamarie.com slash connect to learn more. Together, we work closely to generate a ton of content for your business, not just trends, but genuine content that feels true to you and your business. From my kitchen table to yours, we come up with a content plan flooded with behind the scenes clips, client experience, and upcoming events. You are a big deal, my love. We just need more people to know about you. Let's capture that twinkle in your eye and share your passions online. Your dream clients are just one scroll away from finding you. Let's connect with them. Find more details at kianamarie.com slash connect. I can't wait to see you shine online. Now let's get this party started. Welcome to Kiana Marie Weekly, a podcast for creatives who love to celebrate wins, big or small, by dancing in the kitchen, photographers who are excited to serve their clients, and friends who are ready to chase really, really big dreams. You can find all of the resources mentioned in this episode at kianamarie.com slash podcast. Join me as I share weekly motivation, chat about growing pains, finding genuine connections, and celebrating your wins through the lens of a photographer at heart. Come join me for a dance party. Ready? Let's go. Good morning, Natalie. How's it going? It's going great. Oh my goodness. I cannot thank you enough for being my very first interview on this new podcast, this new passion project. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is a podcast that we've needed for a long time. So really, I want to thank you. I'm so honored to be your first guest and I can't wait. I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you so, so much. Let's just dive in because I know you are a busy girl. I mean, you have so much going on. You are impacting the world and you are growing eyeballs and elbows right now. So let's just dive right into this and let's just get going. Oh my goodness. So tell me, Natalie, we have a lot in common as far as starting out as photographers and picking up that camera and, and just falling in love with the love of photography and connection. So I'd love to chat with you about what is it about your camera and what is it about people that sparked that much joy and brought you out? Like, I don't want to say out of the darkness, but more into the light, right? Like how did that happen? Yes. So for me, a camera gives us the ability to communicate in a different way. And as an early kind of stage in my career, when I was just starting in photography, really just picking up a camera, I realized that I had this ability because of the camera, because of the tool that I had chosen to capture people the way that I saw them. And for all my faults, one of the things that I am good at is I really see the best in people. I look for the best in people. I b believe that every single human on earth is beautiful and, and worthy and capable and um, has so much value to give. And so when I pick up that camera, that's how I approach all and always have approached the client, the human on the other side. 
And so for me, the passion came from being able to bring somebody in front of the camera who is coming that day with their own insecurities, their own fears, their own doubts, maybe has avoided being in front of the camera for a long time, maybe has never felt confident, you know, posing and embracing themselves, uh, whatever that is, each of us are different, but being able to bring them in front of that camera and just tear every lie down that they've ever told themselves and capture them the way that I see them radiant, powerful, beautiful, strong, you name it, affirmed through my lens. And so whether it was weddings or portraits, and even now, like when I, I mean, I'll occasionally bring it out and photograph for friends and family. My goal is I want to capture them from the way that I see them. And that's the real power that we have, like as a photographer and in photography and in any creative pursuit, we're able to take the intersection of reality and our unique perspective and build something out of it. And so, you know, it's, it's this really magical opportunity where we take what is and what, what someone is, you know, who someone's becoming and how we see them and, and we really infuse it into something that they can, they can hang on to. And so it always fired me up and that gave me a deep sense of purpose. And so, you know, I really, I I talk about and built to belong uh, just how much I struggled. I think before finding that camera to really have something that enabled me to make an impact. And for me, impact gives me purpose. Like I want to help people. I want to improve their lives. That lights me up. It's not a selfless thing, friends. It's a selfish thing. Like helping other people for me is what gets me out of bed in the morning. And so to be able to do that with a camera, it was just this eye-opening experience that took me from kind of feeling like, oh, what is, what is my purpose? Like, what is the impact that I make to, wow, when I can capture somebody and make them feel beautiful, make them feel empowered, inspire them, capture their love story, whatever that looks like, I have this ability to create something that didn't exist before and to make a positive impact on my world around me. And so I don't know. It's, it, it has always been, and will always continue to be, I think a huge, a huge part of my life. That's incredible. And I am, I'm just embracing this right now because you literally are speaking my love language. <laughs> like that is how I pursue everything. And it's, it's interesting. Like, this is why I want to kind of get into the, the nitty gritty of this is the camera is simply a tool right? I feel like that's what happens. I feel a lot of times people get really overwhelmed with the tech of their camera and you know, what's the new, new gadget or the new thing this, and, and growing up, I could not afford all those things. So I totally rocked my D 50 for the longest time. I'm Nikon girl over here. And I just remember thinking there's, there's, it's so much deeper than the technology and this tool in your hand, you're making an impact, you're making these connections. And honestly, the best part is that you get to share your lens with the world, right? Like we get to kind of just, I loved how you said, like you were, you're blending reality with what you want to be perceived or how you view the world. And when we come in with that light and that happiness and that joy and, and even just unapologetically allowing people to be themselves, Mm -hmm. that's when the magic happens. Right. Yes. I totally agree. I think even for photographers that say I'm purely photojournalistic, that is my style. I capture what is, I always kind of challenge back and say, I'm looking at your images and that's not how I would capture them photojournalistically. Like you bring something unique to the table. Every creator does and how we approach it, whether we're, you know, leaning more towards the realism side or we're leaning into surrealism, like we're leaning into like the imaginative photography gives you that incredible spectrum from like capturing in a more documentary way through actually creating art that didn't even exist in the moment, like taking pixels and turn. I mean, it's, it's such a phenomenal spectrum. Again, just to say 
every single photographer and creator brings something unique to the table. That is their superpower. And whether that is leaning one way or another way on the realism spectrum, nonetheless, they still show up and that uniqueness that they bring is what makes that impact. It's why maybe their clients connect with them, feel safe with them, are able to be vulnerable with them. Maybe it's the way that they view colors or textures. Maybe it's the way they want to play with their gear or the way they don't care about their gear at all. It's about showing up with the camera that you have, not the one that you wish you had. And so it's all about showing up as you are. And I think embracing what makes your unique perspective, such an asset to the world, such a gift to people and, uh, leaning into that instead of shying away from it. Amazing. Oh, it's just so encouraging to know that we all have this gift inside us. We just need to tap into it. So what, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe not a photographer who maybe doesn't have a passion for their camera and someone that is maybe feeling a little bit lost and is having trouble finding their passion? Cause like I mentioned, the camera is simply a tool. So what are some other tools or other ways that you can kind of just shine light on someone stepping into their power and finding that passion? Cause it's so much deeper than just like an industry or, um, a hobby, right? So how do we find those passions within us? Radical curiosity. That is the answer. Radical curiosity, curiosity that surpasses all expectations of curiosity, curiosity that pushes you beyond your comfort zone, that challenges you to think differently, to try new things. Curiosity that says, if you keep repeating the same thing over and over, you're going to keep feeling stuck over and over, right? Radical curiosity is in, in my worldview, the answer to so many things, but especially when it comes to uncovering our passion, um, some folks find it pretty quickly. They maybe grew up and discovered their passion in childhood, or, you know, they had a life circumstance that did shove them out of that comfort zone. And then they were forced to do the curious thing and say, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to try this and this and this until they find something that sticks. But nonetheless, that curiosity leads us to places we never expected decisions that we make that change our life in an instant relationships we uncover that do the exact same thing. So I would say radical curiosity, not being afraid to really push yourself beyond what you've done in the past and trying something new. And I'll say this too. I've always loved when someone has said to me, wow, I never thought you'd do that because it tells me that I'm challenging myself and growing, whether that was for me getting a tattoo, which I mean, we talk about this in the book, but like, I'd always wanted to get a tattoo, had never been brave enough to go and actually do the darn thing, even though I wanted it so badly, but it was one of those moments of radical curiosity. Why am I not doing this thing? I want to do, I want to try it. I'll get a small one and then we'll see, um, you know, or bungee jumping, starting a new business, um, making a new friend, a friend that maybe I would look at and go, Oh, that person is too cool to hang out with me. Like they are not gonna enjoy hanging out with me, but you know what, what the heck? Like, let, let me just go out on a limb here and introduce myself. And, and that radical curiosity about others, about the world, about our own potential and, and giftings, um, that, that keeps us growing and evolving. And I hope I'm still doing that when I'm 80. Like my hope is I'm that person at 80. That's like, you know what? I've never tried insert thing here. I'd love to go do that. As long as I'm able, I, I that that's my hope for all of you as well as that radical curiosity. That's so, so, so encouraging. And I feel like that is the root of everything, right? Like the root of success, the root of love, the root of connection, the root of relationships, everything is just rooted in curiosity. And it's funny you say that not to get too off topic here. Cause I'm just like, I want to flow with this conversation, but that's one thing I love diving deep and understanding the, the braininess behind it. And that grit versus that intuitive 
just that ambition to succeed. Like, where does that, where does that stem from? Because there are some people that, you know, there's like, I call them like the Chandlers of the world. They love life and they just want that mundane routine and they want that security and that safety. And that is incredible. If you feel called to do that, that that's where you're supposed to be. However, I'm curious where this entrepreneurship, like where is this a piece of our DNA? Is this a piece of, you know, something that is inherited or nurtured or cared for? I just, that opens up a whole can of worms about where it comes from. And it all stems from curiosity. It's, it's being curious and being two seconds worth of being brave to just try something new. So, oh, I love that you wrap that all up into curiosity. Cause that is just. Oh my gosh, I'm just going crazy over here. This is perfect. So let's go ahead and roll right into transitioning and pivoting. So from your story, similar to mine, we rocked it in the wedding industry. We became wedding photographers, well-known in our small towns and even nationally recognized and published. You are just such an inspiration, Natalie. And at one point you thought, okay, I'm feeling lonely. I can't be the only one. I'm struggling with this. I have questions. And we all are very familiar with Rising Tide Society and how you just bloomed that from a seed, right? Like you just like ignited that. And I wanted to ask you, what was the pivotal moment where you realized, hey, I got this going on. I'm successful. Why start something new? Like why dive into that and and create more work for yourself, right? I mean, that's really what it was. Yeah, I think I am a natural problem solver. And so when I see a problem, I really want to find a solution for it. In the case of Rising Tide, for me, it was a, truly, again, like going back to just, I had a problem that I needed to solve it. I was tired of feeling lonely. I was really tired of feeling like the only folks who really understood what it was like to be a small business owner were supposed to be my competitors and I wasn't supposed to trust them. I think I, I also saw the problem being that in the photography industry, specifically there were communities, but beyond the photography industry, that same ideology of gathering together and supporting each other, it didn't exist. It was sort of almost like in weird pockets of the photo world, but not extensive to like other local small businesses in my hometown. And so it was about not necessarily like doing something else that was going to be great or trying to build something massive. It was just like, there is a problem. We need to fix it. And whether you are, you know, a small business owner that has been doing this for 10 years, or you're listening to this going like, maybe I want to start something. Maybe I want to start a business. If you focus on solving problems, you will always have a job. There are always problems to be solved. So we can look at this from like an innovation perspective. We can look at this from like a pivoting perspective. Like, you know, maybe what you're, you've been doing, you're like, okay, I know that this season is coming to a close. I need to figure out what my next thing is. Then my response to you is, go find a problem and solve it. Um, if you're in an industry that you love and you don't want to let go of what you're doing, same thing though. You know, where, what are the problems in your industry, your space that you can solve either through your client experience or your creativity or how you show up with people and serve them well, or how you network and create relationships. Like there are no shortage of problems. So for me, pivoting and transitioning, it has always gone back to what are the problems that need solving? I mean, even writing built to belong, like I, I've been asked a couple of times over the course of the last few months, like, why'd you write the book? And my answer was because I saw a problem, I fixed it in my air, in my community, my corner of the world. And then as I started to go through life and experience different hardships from illness to infertility to motherhood, I realized 
this is not a problem. Competition, comparison, jealousy, it's not limited to small business ownership. This is something that everyone I've ever met is struggling with in one way or another. So it's a problem that I need to solve it at a bigger scale in a way that works beyond the current community that I've already shared this message with. And so every step I've taken, especially over the last decade, has been about solving problems. Uh, And that would be my advice to anyone listening. Like, look for a problem, set out to solve it. You're going to uncover so much along the way. And you're also going to show up with a mindset of, of serving others and providing value to others rather than just seeking success for yourself. And the best success outcomes actually come not from pursuing success, but from pursuing people from pursuing, like solving their problems, serving them well, um, creating value in whatever way you create value. And again, keeping that people first mindset, that, that solution first priority. So incredible. And I'm so happy you tapped into that because I feel like as I'm developing this podcast, I'm hitting the ground running and I'm blooming in a whole bunch of directions. Honestly, I was kind of juggling. Is this just a a photography podcast? Is this just a wedding photography podcast? Uh, You know, we say creatives and business owners, and that can be such a huge umbrella and such a huge blanket, right? Like I call it like an oak tree of different things. And, uh, with, you know, all the different leaves and all the different branches and everything just shooting out plus all your roots, right? Like I'm such a visual person with what this could be. And, and, you know, in my trailer, I talk about business is business, right? So it doesn't matter. Like I say, like put your tools aside, put your tools on the table. Welcome to the table. Everyone is welcome here. And we are all struggling with a lot of the same things. And so to have this, uh, just this voice, I guess, to just share that you're not alone and that we are conquering the world. We are setting up our own expectations and crushing limitations. Uh, this is something that I'm just, I'm just so grateful you're here to chat about this. (laughs) So thank you. So now as now, okay. So now that you've gone full force with rising tide society and you know, that we have chapters and uh, meetups every, you know, once a month and you know, this, this community is growing. I kind of want to dig a little deeper with you. And I kind of want to ask a little personal question. What is your advice with, as you are experiencing these growing pains and mm-hmm. as you're growing and you're making new connections there may be some people in your life, some connections, they could possibly be family. They could possibly be friends that are not aligned with your wild and crazy dreams and your visions. How do you navigate those friendships while still kind of bursting at the seams and growing your heart to reach others? Ooh. Okay. Here, here's what I have to say to this. Cause this, my stance on this has changed a lot over the years. Um, We have to remember that when we are confronted with how other people feel about what we're doing, um, it can bring up a lot of feelings. And we have to go back to the fact that we often judge others based on impact, but we judge ourselves based on intent. Meaning if someone says to you, I don't think you should start that business. The impact sucks. The impact is not good. So we get upset, we get hurt, right? But but if we were to do the same for somebody else and say, oh, I don't know if you should go bungee jumping with your back the way that it is. I'm just saying to myself um, out loud, you know, our intent is I don't want you to get hurt, but the impact is you don't think I should try this thing. You don't think I'm capable. So why am I raising this? I'm raising this because first, I think we have to be able when we're confronted with people's opinions about what we're pursuing to make a discernment to discern, are they for me 
or are they not? Because what you'll often find is that there are folks that might say things to you that are impactfully harmful. Like they don't feel good. They're not good. I'm not saying you should listen, but I am saying you should unpack the intent. I am saying you should sit back and go, okay, is this because they love me and they are afraid? They are afraid what might happen if I fail. They love me so much that they don't want to see me get hurt. They actually don't want to see this dream get ripped away from me. And they know the odds are not stacked in my favor. They know the statistics about small business. It's not that they don't think it's possible for me. It's that they love me so much that their limiting beliefs are then being communicated to me based on their love or their fear for what could happen. And that's really them. Like that's on them. And I'm grateful maybe perhaps even for that amount of love, Um, you know, or is it that they truly just don't want to see you win? Oftentimes I find it's, it's the first, it's sort of like coming from a place, especially for those closest to you um, where their fears are either a, their own limiting beliefs being sort of manifested externally on you or B they love you so much. They're afraid to go see you do this risky, terrifying thing. Um, and they're the ones thinking about all the ways it could go wrong in my relationship with my husband. I'll give you an exact example. I am the one that runs with abandon into the possibilities. Like if you tell me that, uh, you know, there's something out there that could be wonderful. I will just sprint towards it. I won't think twice. I'll go see why, because you know what, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll be fine. But my husband's a little bit more of a critical lens. He's an Enneagram eight. He wants to analyze and have a little bit more control and think through all the potential ways something could go wrong. So sometimes he'll say things to me that maybe even sound really discouraging in the moment, but then when I'm willing to sit with him and be like, okay, but why do you think that? Like, why do you think I shouldn't do X or Y or Z? And I have, I have the ability to lean in. I realize, Hey, the man loves me more than anything in the world. He, it's because he actually wants to see me succeed that he's asking these critical questions. It's not a, a, a diss on my on my capability, my potential. It's simply an asset that I could actually be leveraging with that level of discernment that he has and his unique lens. So I bring all this to the table just to say, often the advice that comes out from folks when they say, "Oh, what if someone doubts you or gives you negative?" Just throw it away. Don't listen. You know, ignore it. And I get it. I get why that sounds like great advice, but I also think that we can't just shut everyone out of our life who has a differing opinion when it comes to what we want to do. We can take that input and decide how we want to react to it. Maybe listen, maybe we don't. Oftentimes we don't, and that's for the better, of course. But, you know, sometimes we can can take it in and understand, okay, what's the intent here? Is it because they really love me and they're afraid? And apply heaps of empathy in that direction and say, Hey, I hear you. Like, I know that a lot of small businesses fail. I know that I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I fully admit, I don't know what I'm doing, but then you return with empathy. I want to find out if I can do it. I want to see, I want to prove to myself that I at least tried. And maybe then it's a, it's a great, a great opportunity for you as well to communicate your why, to communicate your purpose. Cause for me, look, I live on a life motto that says I, on my deathbed, I, I would rather, I would so much rather have failed than spent years wondering what would have happened. Right. If I had tried, that's just me. That's how I operate. Like, I, and I know a lot of y'all are the same way. And, and sometimes it just takes communicating that like, look, friend who doubts that I can start the small business. I'd rather fail at this miserably and publicly and humiliate myself in front of everyone than 20 years from now, look back and wonder what would have happened with my life if I had just quit this job and given this thing a shot. And as someone who loves you, their answer might change. The person who was doubting you five minutes ago might say, you know what? You're right. This could be a massive failure waiting to happen. I don't want to see that happen for you clearly, but you deserve, you owe it to yourself 
to try. So my advice is listen. My advice is discern intent here. If you start to uncover though, friends, that there are folks that aren't for you, that's a totally different combo. You start to see that there are people that are just trying to tear you down who, you know, instead of talking about ideas with you, they just talk about other people instead of championing you and encouraging you. They just gossip about, you know, folks that are out there trying to do their thing. And you know, you want to remove that from your life. You want to cut that out. But when it comes to people who are for you, often that, that feedback that feels critical or negative or holds you back, it does come from a place of someone else's trauma, their limited beliefs, their limiting beliefs, their, their struggle that they've experienced that they're putting on you. And it does, it comes from a place of love. So when you can discern that and then reaffirm to them, Hey, here's my why, Hey, I am going to do this. Um, and I, I want you on my side. They're going to be also the first ones to suit up because they don't want to see you fail because they don't want to see that negative outcome. And so that's my, that's my very nuanced, but very honest advice after doing this for 10 years. Some of the people who doubted me the strongest early on in my career went on to become fierce, fierce advocates for projects that I took on. And I am grateful every day that I extended that grace. And I didn't just like cut people out of my life the minute they didn't agree with me. I think it can go a long way. Oof. I feel this in my soul, Natalie, seriously, like everything you just said, I can't even wrap my head around all the golden nuggets that you shared. And I'm such a visual person. So if you're listening now, I almost, I kind of feel this, like I'm a vibe person, right? So I can kind of feel the words that you're expressing. And sometimes it does feel when we get those gut checks, we get those, like, it feels like it's just a punch in the gut or a punch to the heart from the ones that we really love. Right. And speaking of the ones that are closest to us flipping that. And I don't mean twisting it, but just kind of with a different perspective, instead of feeling that gut check, like a punch, think of it like a heart squeeze. Right. So that I think is like, that's like the vibe and like the visual I was getting is it's like, they just love you so much. They want to hold you so tightly, kind of like Lenny and, you know, of mice and men. Like, I just think of that, like he just loved, you know, you just love someone so much. You just want to hold them tightly. And sometimes as a creative or the dream chaser and the wild, you know, blazing away to our future dreams here. Sometimes that can just hurt so bad. But when you remember that it's because it's out of love completely changes the ball game. So I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up. So I'd like to, I'd like to move into, I know you mentioned your husband and you are such an inspiration and, you know, encouragement for family life and small business. And that is one thing that I really, really, really struggle with is being able to have it all right. And so I know that that is such a assumption when you see someone, right. We're always dealing with that comparison. We're always dealing with that, um, those daily struggles. And I call it la la land photo land, right? Like on our Instagrams. So how do you navigate? Honestly, having it all like dealing with, you know, the pressures of family and the pressures of creating that longevity of happiness in all aspects of your life. Right. So is that something that, um, you know, comes easy for you? Like, I'd love to dive into the, the real life of having a career and also literally being barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. Like how do we juggle all the things? I think part of it stems from really being clear on our priorities, knowing what we're, what we want out of life, knowing what we're working towards, knowing what sacrifices we're willing or not willing to make in a certain season, setting our boundaries, and then holding ourselves accountable to live by that. 
Um, there've been seasons of my life, this one in particular, where I feel like I have worked harder than I've ever worked before. And yet I would do it again in a heartbeat because I have so much clarity and so much purpose in why, why I'm working so hard. I also have an understanding that this is a season and not a lifestyle that this will end and that there will be a season of rest and recuperation. And I call it like white space, like room to be creative again. And, and so, um, I say all that just to say, like, I think we, we need to get past the facade that everyone's juggling all the things well, because they're not, they, it's impossible. But I also think we need to embrace that there are going to be seasons where we have a ton of time for self-care. We have a ton of time for creativity. We have a ton of downtime to explore and grow and, you know, invest in different areas of our life that we, we long for. And then there are going to be seasons where because of our focus and because of our priorities, we're going to be on the other end. We're going to be working incredibly hard and things might, we might work might require more from us and priorities, um, you know, might enable us to kind of lean in more to like working late, but again, I, I think whenever I'm asked this question, I, people always say like, Oh, how do you do it all? Or, um, how do you recommend work-life balance? And I, you know, for me, it's like, look, I'm a student, not a teacher in this arena. Like I have made so many mistakes around work-life balance. I've talked about it so many times over the years, but the biggest learnings that I've had and, and the conclusions I've come to, especially in my marriage, like with Hugh and I, cause we talk about this all the time is we're sacrificing in a season for a lifetime that we want. I am making decisions right now that are, yeah, exhausting. Some of which are my choice, others of which are timelines. Like obviously, as you know, with baby, it went through IVF. It was not our first fertility round. It was our fourth of this cycle with this, with this baby. So my time, my previous timeline wasn't as stressful, wasn't as overlapped. Um, I didn't plan to give birth to a book and a baby within like eight weeks of each other. That was never the goal or plan, but in my life, that was, that was the reality. And so it was kind of a decision of saying, okay, you know, 2021, you are going to be a tiring year. You're going to be an exhausting year, but you know what, because I know that I'm going to make 2022 a year of rest, of rehabilitation, of creativity, of space to just explore and, and, and strike that balance. So for me, the answer goes back to, I don't think you can juggle it all at the same time. I think you can juggle it. Just, you might have to put some, you know, things down here and there and know which ones you're going to pick up and why Two, having clarity. Why are you doing it? What are you fighting for? What, what is, what is it that you're trying to achieve? And, and the minute we lose sight of that, the rest unravels. So if we're more focused on like, I just want to be successful, you're going to burn out. If you're saying I have a mission where I want to do this thing, or I want to get to a financial place where I am debt free. So guess what? For the next year, I'm going to make sacrifices. I'm going to change the way I'm spending. I'm going to change the way I'm working. I'm going to change the way I'm saving. I know I'm going to be real tired at the end of this. I know I'm going to be exhausted, but I know my goal. I have clarity. I have purpose. And I'm going to, I'm going to move forward when it gets hard towards that goal, because it's a finite, right? It's a finite and achievable goal that once I check, once I get debt free, once I do the thing, then then I have, I have a new goal to set and more clarity, but I can create that space when needed. And then the third thing I'll say on top of all of that is that it is so important for you to know your own limitations and your own boundaries and never to compare, never to compare your ability to produce to anyone else's, your need for self-care to anyone else's, your need for mental health to anyone else's, because someone might have no issue working 50 hours a week over time, all the time. But I can speak for myself and say, 
when I say working hard, that is different. That looks different than what someone else might say working hard looks like. If we're constantly comparing our definitions of hard work, of how much self-care is the right amount, how much mental wellness time is the right amount to other people's, then we're always going to be failing ourselves because we're going to be trying to measure up to somebody else's expectations where really we've got to listen to ourselves. So that also means giving yourself grace. If you do need more time for self-care than someone else, that does mean, you know, if you are able to work harder in one season and then you realize, Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Make those pivots and those transitions. Don't continue trying to pursue what you were taught to do or how it was supposed to work or, Oh, your work week should look like this, or you should be giving it 40 hours a week. I know people that work 20 hours a week are incredibly financially successful. And for them, that gives them the space to, to take care of themselves such that when they go in for the 20 hours a week, they are twice as productive as they would be otherwise. So I say all that just to say, you know, knowing yourself, listening to your body, listening to your mind, not being afraid to create your own definition of work and success. Um, all of that plays a role. Um, and just, again, it's like community for competition. It's like, don't focus on your competitors. Don't focus on what she's doing. Don't focus on how they do it. You can learn, you can learn from them, but really get, get, get back in touch with yourself, your superpowers, your limitations, what you need to be successful and, and lean and focus on that. Ah, so incredible. And I think that's what makes it so special too. When you start removing yourself from that comparison game. And then you start thinking, you know what? I'm grateful for what I have. That has been the biggest kind of turning point, especially for me in this season of my life. Right. I mean, I've moved out of state. I have a lot of things going for me. I'm chasing these really, really big goals and I'm still looking for my cowboy. Right. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like I would just love to just meet him at a wedding or meet him at a restaurant somewhere. I don't know. Or a bonfire. And so I'm thinking of all these things and it's always on my mind. And so I'm coming from a state of lacking and that is what's just the kill joy of everything. So I love how you mentioned how you can juggle all these things. And while you are juggling them and prioritizing things and creating your, your boundaries, please, please, please don't forget to always, always be grateful. And to know that every little, like I talk about my life being like a dirt road, right? Like it's dusty, it's windy. There's going to be rocks. There's going to be cliffs. Don't get too close to the edge. Enjoy the view. But just remember like having that grateful heart is just, it's just, that's what brings more happiness and joy to your life. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Natalie. So I want to kind of in closing wrap up here. I'd love to chat about built to belong. I mean, I, I am so incredibly proud of you. I can't believe that. I mean, not only are you a mentor and just this inspiration to me, but you are such a good and dear, like honest friend. Like this is the coolest thing. Like I actually know an author. (laughs) So can you please, please tell me like, how are you juggling all of this? What are some unexpected joys that you have experienced with the book launch? Ooh, I, I don't even, I'm going to skip the first question about juggling this and go right into joys because why the heck not? Um, the biggest unexpected joy. And I think it's something that it's not the first time I felt it in my life, but it is definitely was sort of an unexpected moment, um, was, was hearing how this book has impacted people was hearing folks that picked up this book either because they're like, I just wanted to be nice and support you. Or, you know, a friend shared it on their Instagram. And I thought, why the heck not? The cover is pretty. And they like picked up the book and have sent me pages on pages in email, voice memos on voice memos in the DMs, like hearing from people, okay, I didn't know how much I needed this. Or I thought this was a book about community. I thought it'd be like this. And it took me so much deeper in my own learnings about how I've been struggling with my worth and my value. And I'm showing up to the table 
already accepting that I don't belong before I actually get a chance to even connect with anybody. Like hearing from people that they're understanding new things about themselves, they're uncovering new life lessons, that this book is transforming and changing their lives has been the greatest joy. And it's something that I, I truly didn't anticipate at the scale that it's happened, um, even just in, in the past couple of weeks. So I, that has been the greatest of joys is like seeing someone come to the table, open this book with either expectations or none at all. Like just, I just wanted to, you know, it looked pretty. I and mean, literally the number of people said, I love the cover. It was beautiful. A friend shared it. I don't even know who you are. And I bought it. And then are writing me 10 pages in an email saying like, this is the book I needed in 2020 and in 2021. Like this is the book that I need going into 2022. Like just that realization of uh, the impact I think has been the greatest joy. And then I'll share one other joy getting to see my two and a half year old son open a book and see his mom's face. I'm like going to cry, but like yeah. he opened the book. And the first thing he said was like, mama, mama. And he kept pointing at the picture of me in the back of the book. And, um, that was just such an unexpected joy of realizing, like, this is something that we all experience, all creators experience this. And I hope everyone has as an emotional reaction to realizing that the work you're creating on this planet, it's going to outlive you and it's going to become part of your legacy and seeing my son, like an actual legacy of my life, look at a piece of work that I've created and the pride on his face and just seeing his mom's picture in the back of this thing that we opened out of a box. Like it moved me, it like brought me to tears to think that this is a piece of me that I get to leave behind. These words are a statement on what I believe and what I've been fighting for, what I've been working for in my career. And the hope that maybe even one day, like one of my grandkids will read this book and be like, wait, the world hasn't always been like this. Wait, like this isn't how it's always been. We haven't always felt like this. Um, you know, like the hope that maybe this book will actually make such an impact that it, it almost creates a world where it's irrelevant, like that realization is exciting too. So lots of joys in sharing this with our, with our family and our friends and seeing the impact that it's had already on people. And, um, and especially just seeing my son see his mama in a book, like a project I've wanted to do for my entire life has been surprisingly emotional. Oh my goodness. Don't mind me. I'm just bawling over here. Cause <laughs> I feel like this, I can't even thank you enough for being this like launch for the podcast, because this is, if I could hold this feeling in my hands, this is exactly what I'm trying to create, Natalie. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. I feel this in my soul. It, it, it feels like I'm being like, I'm being acknowledged, but also given that permission to go out and just chase those wild dreams. And so I just, Oh gosh, just kidding. I'm like totally crying over here, but okay. So in closing, I love to ask, and as you are my very first, my first guest, I like to ask if you have a special key tip, which would be like a piece of advice, something you wish you knew five years ago. It could be business life, just some type of key tip that you'd like to share with us. Yep. And none of you will be surprised by this key tip, but I want you to listen to it. Nonetheless, um, relationships, 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 and anything that you do in life or in business, invest in people. If you put people first, you will always, always um, end up better on the other side, whether that's profitability in business, whether that's success and fulfillment in life, like you name it, putting people first will always be the right answer. So my best bit of advice is invest in relationships. Don't always 
chase after what people are telling you to do when it investing relationships. Like a lot of times people say, Oh, network, like network and find who's been successful. I'm like, no, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying, go out and serve people. I'm saying, go out and be kind. I'm saying, go out and offer value. I'm saying build a relationship, not network. Networking is what can I get out of you? Relationships are what can I give you, you know, and it creates that reciprocity that's going to lift you up. So that's my last tidbit. My best bit of advice is invest in relationships, put people first. If you do that, and you combine it with other things we've talked about, being a problem solver, um, you know, just digging into your superpower, all of that, you're going to be in, in great shape. Oh my goodness. Well, we all need to go get our hands on this book built to belong. I will be adding the link below in the show notes. And I just, Oh, it's so exciting to say that because it's official now. And, um, I just can't thank you enough, Natalie. And where can everybody find you? Like, where do you hang out? Where can people just stalk you? Cause I don't know about you, but if you're just meeting Natalie for the first time, you need to go be her best friend. So how do we find you? I spend way too much time on Instagram. So I always just say at Natalie Frank on Instagram, you can also check out uh, nataliefrank.com. And just as you mentioned, built to belong, it's available everywhere. Books are sold. So just search for built to belong or my name, Natalie Frank, and let me know how you like it. Let me know what surprises you about the book. Tell me what you're loving as you turn through the pages. And I, I just can't wait. Please, please reach out, connect. I'm happy to support you in any way that I can. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of Kiana Marie Weekly. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. You can find the resources and show notes for this episode and more at kianamarie.com slash podcast. I'd be honored if you'd show your support by leaving a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on dancing.